This is our second session now on 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 through 12. For you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship when we were there with you, working night and day so as not to burden any of you. We proclaimed to you the gospel of God. This is a great burden and lifting gospel. And so he wanted not to contradict the gospel by acting as though he could freely burden them. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless we became toward you who believe. Let's just stop right there. I want to focus on you are witnesses, and as he's going to say in verse 11, as you know, and we want to focus on holy, righteous, blameless. So, Father, as we get a glimpse into the way Paul argues here, the way he presents himself, what he appeals to, to try to persuade them to walk worthily of their calling, open our eyes to see what these mean and would you work this holiness, this righteousness, and this blameless in us, this blamelessness in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You are witnesses to what you have seen in our lives. You know what kind of people we proved to be among you, and God also is our witness. We've seen that once before back here. In 2.5, we never came with words of flattery, as you know, you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness, so you know, and God knows. And that word, uh, pretext for greed, greed is something you can't see on the inside. You can only see fruits of it. And so he feels inclined, I need to say, it's really true. God can see our hearts. I think it's the same thing here. You are witnesses, God also, how holy, righteous, and blameless we became. They could see fruits of holiness, fruits of righteousness, fruits of blamelessness, but were, were those traits coming from roots of authenticity? God could see that. God could see that. And so he's appealing to their memory and God's witness. Now, this should begin to sound really familiar to us, right? We've seen it before. As you know, you are witnesses. So I gathered them all in one place, and that's how many there are. Ten. Ten. This is incredible. You know what kind of men we became among you. You know our coming was not in vain. As you know, we had boldness. We never came with flattery. As you know, you are witnesses how holy and righteous and blameless we became. You know we became like a father. You know we were destined for these afflictions. You know we predicted our afflictions. You know what instructions we gave you. You know that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. What in the world? And you might think, oh, doesn't he talk like that all the time in all of his letters? No, he doesn't. He doesn't say a single you know in Ephesians. He doesn't say a single you know in Colossians. He says one you know in Galatians. He says one you know 
in Philippians. This is off the charts. What is going on? So you need to watch for those kinds of repetitions and peculiar um, ways of writing in one letter different from another letter. So what would you say? I mean, you can see what my idea is here in the title. What would you say is the reason Paul is 10 times telling them what they already know about him from his visit to them? And here's my suggestion. Paul's appeal, these are all representations of Paul's appeal to the consistency of being away from them and being with them. To see away from them. So, for some reason, perhaps because he was only with them maybe three or four weeks, because it says in Acts that he, he testified on three synagogues before they ran him out of town. I, I'm sorry, three um, Sabbaths before they ran him out of town. And so maybe he's saying, you, you know me so little from a distance, but those three weeks were amazing weeks were you, with you. And I'm going to tell you, even though you can't see me now, you can't read my heart now, you know. And then, and what? Five of these refer to the quality of man he was. You know what kind of men we became. You know we had boldness. You know we didn't come with flattery. You know how holy, righteous, blameless we became. We were like a father with you. And back in the previous paragraph, like a mother with you. So he's reminding them of these personal character traits that were to demonstrate his authenticity so that they would give credence to his message as it's underlined, not just by its content, but by the character of the messenger. So that's you are witnesses. Now, what are they witnesses of in verse 10 here? You and God are witnesses how holy and righteous and blameless we became toward you who believe. The others, the non-believers, they ran him out of town. He didn't have any chance to spend time with them except those brief moments in the synagogue. The believers followed him around and had at least a lot more hours with Paul than the unbelievers did. So he reminds them of his holiness, righteousness, and blamelessness. Whenever I see a group of adjectives like that, I try to ask, now what are the differences? How do they complement each other? Holy, I'm going to suggest, means devout. It's not your ordinary hagios word group, it's hosios, devout, God-oriented. So this is a Godward word. So I came and you saw how I wasn't a, an ordinary kind of secular person I was consistently oriented on God, the supernatural. I was a devout man, a godly, holy man. Righteous. 
means I wronged no one. So this is more horizontal. This would be more vertical. With regard to God, I oriented on him. I depended on him. I looked to him. I prayed to him. I spoke about him. I was a holy man. And with regard to you and your community, I never wronged anybody. You know that. I never took advantage of you. In fact, I did everything I could not to burden any of you. I think that's the, the, the significance of righteous. Blameless, I think, means I gave outsiders no occasion to reproach me or the gospel. Blameless doesn't mean as Paul uses it anywhere in the New Testament, blameless doesn't mean sinlessly perfect. It means you avoid those kinds of behaviors which could bring down legitimate blame upon the behavior of gospel ministers. And Paul is saying, you are witnesses. When I was with you, I didn't do anything that brought any legitimate reproach or blame from anyone. Outside, inside. I didn't wrong anyone or manipulate or use or exploit anyone. I was constantly oriented on the God I want you to know, the gospel of God. And I would just say in, in closing this episode that you remember Paul spoke about the kind of man he was because he wanted them to be imitators, right? You know what kind of men. We became among you. I put that there because it's the same verb in the paragraph we're looking at. And you became imitators of us. So the point of calling attention to the kind of man he was, you are witnesses how we became holy and righteous and blameless, is that here too he wants them to imitate him, pursue holiness as a person. Pursue never wronging anyone as a person. Pursue never putting a stumbling block in anyone's way, outside or inside. So there's the exhortation, I think, implicit from Paul in verse 10 for our lives.